Hey everyone, just popping in to let you know that this week we're having a slightly different format for you and our episode is going to be essentially a two-parter. And yes, so this will be episode one of the two-part series and it'll have our first ever guest on the Ooh. podcast, which is really exciting. So yes, so we hope you all enjoy it and yeah, let's roll the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Too Young for an Old Talk. I'm Abriana. And I'm Neil. And today we did us you know something something a little special for you guys. And we have a hundred percent Bajan from a guy Christian from I've been yes, thinking sir. about it, podcast. So you know. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Christian Yearwood. Um, I've been friends with Abriana for a while, uh, and I'm I'm now starting to get to know Neil. Uh, obviously, they're a couple, and you know they're cool. They're doing their stuff. They have their food blog and stuff like that. And so yeah, they just invited me to come on here and just have a little discussion, and I was more than than willing. You know, it's very exciting. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're both, we're all new to the, relatively new to the podcast world. Um, so we're all figuring this out together as we had like 12 different technical <laughs> difficulties just now before, we, <laughs> before yeah. we started recording this, but we're here now and I'm very excited and I think they are too because they started discussing it before we actually yeah. hit record. Um, the discussion, yeah, it really was, y'all were missing out, but um, I'm excited to hear the discussion that we have planned out today um do one of y'all want to take the wheel and get started since y'all started discussing this earlier i I can introduce it so yeah give like an overview of like what we're diving Um, into so what we kind of planned to talk about today or we wanted to talk about was um the stairs are the the whole um i guess the scenario the circumstance of what's happening with the young people in Barbados or I guess if you want to you could say in the Caribbean on a whole but we, mm-hmm. yeah probably we, we, we focusing on what we uh, to our knowledge from Barbados do. exactly so we just wanted to delve into that what that topic looks like um the different faces that it has so mm-hmm. hopefully because it's very complex yeah, to be honest hopefully yeah you know, we get a <laughs> there's so much we get a pretty comprehensive and a fair look at it because I feel like there's a bit of, you know, the media has a hand to play in it on how some things come across. So hopefully uh-huh. you can see how everything matches up, you know? For sure. And there's also, I find there's a lot of stigma attached to, like, this whole topic. Um, in the sense that people are very quick to get defensive when you want to talk about things like this and how media and... I guess you could say like content can impact somebody. Huh. Um, I don't know if we want to get into like what sparked Niels and I's discussion around this topic. Um, yeah, sure, should sure. I, say it? Could, uh... I guess I guess I could just like I'll give an overview because honestly I don't know names or anything like that. But maybe a week or two ago there was um, an incident that happened where a young man lost his life and people were upset with how one of the leading. Um, 
media outlets in Barbados spread the news about it and the title of the article and how they people were basically saying like they lambasted the boy Mm. and they painted him in this negative image and they weren't considering his family and how the fact that he he has passed and Mm. he was a young man and they're just looking at the negative impacts or the negative parts of his life and they're not just like saying oh somebody has passed away Mm. so we started having a discussion about it and then we were like shoot i would love to have a discussion with christian about Mm. this because I guess I'll start. My my opinion on this was that I I agree that they could have phrased it better. Honestly, that I'm not gonna say the name, but that um, mm, that publication, media, <laughs> um, yeah, that that whole organization in Barbados does some very weird stuff. Sometimes I read articles and I'm like, did somebody proofread this? Mm-hmm. Like, who reading over these things? Are actually, like looking, yeah, like they're paying people to yeah. do this. Like hire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> I my whole thing was. I agree they should not have they could have phrased it better and maybe not have put it in the title but at the end of the day his lifestyle and choices that he's clearly made have led to his untimely death and thus I think it should have been mentioned within the body of the article but it did not need to be the headline that X, Y, and Z is a result of this but it does play into how he has now passed that's my two um, my opinion on it, I, I know exactly what you guys are talking about, obviously. Um, but my my opinion is that it was one hundred percent distasteful. Like many things that the the publication posts, uh, mm-hmm. that is distasteful, right? Um, and to be honest, when I saw it, I, I I understand what you're saying as well. Wherein the guy was living a life, you know, that violent life. And he was portraying that, and he, he had this song and all of that. And it is true that you know that followed him. You understand what I mean? Because yeah, it's it's real situations. You understand? It's not like just me this is just it. exactly. It's it's real situations in his specific case, right? But the larger point is that this is typical of what media does. Like they just take stories. And they kind of like sensationalize it, and they kind of want you to click it and click it. Yeah, so yeah, it can, clickbait. Yeah, exactly. So it could drive con- controversy, and yep. they can get more traffic out, right? Um, and to be honest, it happens to to a lot of people. You know, like there's a lot of stories about people being shot in by police officers or from <laughs> civilians, and the way that the media portrays them is not in the best of light. Right. Yeah. Regardless of what that person was actually doing in their personal life, this there still has to be some sort of like respect and and stuff like that. Definitely. So. Yeah, I I agree. 100%. I agree. Yeah, Cause that's my that's my opinion. <laughs> I feel like um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that person lost their life, so it's still to be considered a family, and uh-huh. it's still a sad thing you see to see. You know, the whole um, the prevalence of that kind of violence in society. Exactly, and. The larger point as well, well, the larger context of it as well is that, you know, this violence and stuff, did it, this, did, this just didn't appear, you know what I mean? It just didn't happen like that. Like, mm-hmm. there's things that lead up to people being in these situations and feeling like, okay, well, the only way I need to survive is to rob somebody else and take somebody else's yeah. stuff or... or... It's, it, it becomes a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It becomes a lifestyle. Definitely. And... 
it's very I don't well I don't think any of us can speak to the point that it's been normalized mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. but I feel like for some people if that's your norm and that's all you know as you just said like yeah that's that's all you know exactly so if that's what you have to do to make ends meet that's in your mind that's what you're gonna do you're not second guessing it you're not taking that step back to think well wait as as you said earlier christian sent me a voice note earlier and like the fact that people don't take that step back and realize well what am i what what i believe in how is that who is that doing good for who is that impacting right now who does that have negative repercussions for so obviously you're in a you're in a lifestyle like that I'm just speaking from an outsider perspective, but I figure you, it, it's either hard or you're just, you're not even thinking to take that step back and realize, jeez, what, what's actually going on here? Yeah. I feel like, um, in the heat of the moment, that, that split second decision you make, instead of taking that step back, is what causes a lot of pain or like regret. But, I think like if you get if you've gone on that path where it's like yeah this is if you tell yourself yeah this is all I got to do my only um or my best option here you know is just to rob somebody you know back in somebody's house or whatever that kind of behavior is addictive I think that's why like, even as a kid if I used to go home yeah. somebody else pants or something I'd be like where you get that from where you get this pants from Natasha yeah, my friend gave me it. <laughs> tell she, me she, about she, it she to me. take it back so I, yeah Cause like when yeah. you, if you start, you know, like if you do like, genuinely, I would get it from a friend or whatever. But if you if you start those kind of things young, as a yeah. young age, it, it literally is addictive behavior. Um, so your your yeah. brain just it just gets easier for you to say, yeah, mind just grab this little this little dollar right here, you know. Um, yeah, it's like a little adrenaline rush, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like a little. Yeah. It's kind of feeding yeah. itself. It's, it's literally a feedback loop where it's like, yeah, this is this is you know this is working and this is what you need to do, and it just gets easier yeah. to do and it, it just escalates like most things. One hundred percent. That's so very. Hard. That's a very interesting point. So, that's so uh so touchy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you you know it's a real thing, but it's not ever one of those things it's that like I don't think anybody's begging to put them. Yeah. You, one, we're not discussing it openly, and then nobody's really trying to put themselves in a situation where they're engaging in anything like that. Um, if yeah. They don't yeah. have to. That's true. In our notes, we have something about, is this something, we said we're speaking from the perspective of Barbados, but is it something that, are we seeing similarities across islands? And Mm -hmm. then is there some sort of link that we're missing between Trinidad and Jamaica and the level of crime and violence that we see coming out of those countries? Mm -hmm and what we're seeing happening in Barbados because I feel like we could all agree that right now it's, Barbados is getting a little crazy it's getting a little crazy we're honestly not getting better and we're not just we're not like at a plateau we're not just not moving like yeah it's we're creeping up there we definitely are and I, I well in, in terms of like as you said um, a link between Jamaica and Trinidad Obviously, we're not at that level, partly because we don't have the population. <laughs> and Yeah, definitely. Yeah, also. And then, I mean, when you think about it, really, we're, we're all connected, you know? Like, we're not that much different from them. It's just one island may be bigger, 
one body like put on ourselves, one body like you know. Yeah, these lo- the little cultural differences, yeah. but but overall, you know, we kind of come from the same place. You know, of course, mm-hmm. we kind of have the same sort of um history. How, how I should say it? Right, history exactly. Political history, economic history, and so the situations in in these different countries. They're very similar, like even in some of these South American countries, like Honduras. Honduras is horrible in terms of violence. I mean, it's one of the most dangerous places in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they share similarities in terms of their political history and economic history, like. So that is what, to me, because poverty, obviously, when you're in poverty, I mean, you turn to some very evil yeah. means, or should I say, evil means to get by. Um, yeah, exactly. Get by, you know. Yeah. So it's like basically you're going going back into survival instincts, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in that mm-hmm. that position, and I'm not excusing that, but we have to be real and understand. It's the reality. Exactly. Exactly. This is the reality. I a friend of mine mentioned to me that during this whole pandemic that we're going through now, uh, having to social distance that her neighborhood put together a neighborhood watch group Hmm. specifically because this is going on now because times are so hard so many people have lost their jobs so her neighborhood is expecting that crime is going to increase right now they know that they're in an area that might be considered well-to-do or people get by is middle class it's a middle class area and the outskirts are not in the same neighborhood and not in the same socioeconomic bracket as her. So they put together a neighborhood watch and have people a shift from 12 to one, somebody up one to two, and people like sit in their galleries and wait out and watch. And she's been doing this for like a month now because one day she told me she had a shift and I was like, a shift for what? She was like, we have a neighborhood watch. I was like, you do this all throughout the school year because I know she's like in university and whatnot. I was like, you doing this throughout the school year? She said, no, this is just because of Corona. And I was like, what? Uh-huh. So that's crazy that they they had to take that step that back and realize, look, or should be doing. this this might and nothing happened. She said nothing's happened thus far, uh-huh. but they don't want to run the risk of something happening, knowing that they could have made preventative measures but that's also so yeah. upsetting that do we have to do that that's the reality yeah. yes that's the reality mm-hmm. yep i don't know if you guys <sighs> saw it there was a i think i ran somebody sent me actually there was a picture of this lady that apparently was going around um with like accomplices or whatever she walked to your house and that's for those send to eat because obviously things times hard and then when you mm-hmm. go outside people try and get you and i feel as a tactic that's been yeah uh, reportedly common because I haven't experienced it obviously I'm not even huh. living in Barbados like most of the time but it's something I've been hearing like over the past couple of years where it's like somebody who try and get you come outside and then people may try and drive mm-hmm. and I feel like that's crazy yeah. because that's like so premeditated you can't just say yeah this is like you said on thing yeah and, like, casual you know, like the whole neighborhood watch thing the scene kind of like that's a serious step you're making like you know like you really think that things that dire but if people are doing this sort yeah. of thing you know like without neighborhood watches it may even be more prevalent so if you take yeah, right? if, if you think about it it's like shh, maybe it's not so crazy for them to be saying yeah this is a new we should probably look into doing or consider doing or whatever 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's something that like you really can't like prevent from happening. You could just try your best to, you know, it, stop right? it from happening, but it's yeah. still gonna happen. You know, that's that's the reality. Um, but the case is like, how many times is it gonna happen? I honestly, I I, I didn't hear about many break-ins and stuff like that during the, like I didn't hear about a lot of them mm-hmm. I heard about some yeah but I didn't hear about like a lot of break-ins and stuff like that but I mean with this the economic situation that we're in especially in Barbados I mean you you guys live here right not everyone that's yeah. listening to the podcast obviously is from Barbados mm-hmm. and understands the our deep roots right but we were such a small country it's kind of like unfathomable, unfathomable to think that like we could get as bad as trinidad or jamaica but the reality is we have a lot of we- there's a lot of weapons in the country mm-hmm. the police they seize weapons all the time there's a lot of drugs in the country and this this is the reality yeah and until the economy gets to a point where we're getting better obviously but until we get back to a point where people don't have to resort to those type of behaviors because there are so many measures put in place that honestly if somebody want to be idle it's just fully out of it's not because they don't have money or they don't have resources yeah it's definitely by choice and then at that point like law enforcement or somebody gonna have to step in and make decisions as to how to regulate um, things like that but mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy but I feel like we can talk about this so easily because we've all lived in Barbados for most of our lives we understand the climate in terms of um, what the norm used to be or what it was perceived to be yeah the economy and then also in terms of violence mm-hmm. and the culture overall yeah and how how to navigate that like when I come up here and I talk to people about um, hello, you don't just get in your car and leave your car door. Like, you get in the car at night, the first thing you're doing is locking the doors, well, leaving the door open and yeah. liming and all that kind of stuff. And just like little things like locking your house door as soon as you come in and just smaller things that, I mean, at least for li- from living in North America now, a lot of those things I don't have to necessarily adhere to or practice as much mm-hmm. because the climate is so different up here. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> some of the things because they, they were just such habits yeah from doing those things religiously in Barbados when I came out here I just continued to adhere to those kind of things yeah it's like a, a, a sort of like paranoia that we kind of born with you know what I mean it's like you're just always on guard you're like looking to see mm-hmm. so we're living yeah like <laughs> low-key looking to see what's going on around you like at all times um, and it's, it's a shame that we actually have to like get used to that and it's like I know. it's like normal like you know um, but I mean what can you do but it, again it, you go back to like your survival instincts and yeah. you know to, to be honest fight or fight. you made a good point there about like people in Canada they don't necessarily like understand certain things like certain small things they don't really understand and it's, it's a little bit of like naivety and like innocence that they have, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's just like interesting to like see that. Uh, yeah. In terms of like the difference between I, people in Barbados and overseas, yeah. 
at first, Neil and I talk about this. I feel like we talked about it on another episode. It used to like itch me a bit at first, huh. like having to explain certain things all the time and just seeing them living in this world of like it's like they're living in a bubble. And I'm like, hello, <laughs> my bubble definitely. doesn't look like that. Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> like, mm. hello, wake up, wake up. Um, because yeah, as you said, there's just like it's a le- it's honestly a level of ignorance. Yes. Towards and ultimately I can't blame them because we have it good where we were able to come from a third world country, a developing country, and be able to then transition over to a first world country rather than the other way around. Huh. So like mm. I don't wanna blame them for not knowing, but at the same time And and don't get it twisted. It's weird. Hmm. To look at somebody and be like, well, you really don't understand. Yeah. Is is honestly, is is one of the most interesting things I find about moving overseas is just noticing like, like the these little like psychological differences between us, like people from the considered third world and in North America and stuff is like, is a completely different way of 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 approaching life and approaching people you know even if Mm -hmm. like even the way that they might approach different problems would be completely different but what i um something popped Mm. in my head well a couple things popped in my head but i i I want to let the conversation flow there um like you know getting your car locking the door getting home locking the door one time i feel like there's a um like for example if you come home late at night I feel my granny, my granny told me this one time, like, when you're coming home, you know, you don't walk in, you're supposed to walk in, but we're just, because then it got, like, a ghost as fuck. like, same weird, like, like some, you got some sort of weird, like, um, <laughs> folklore kind of thing, like, when you come home late, if you, if you walk in, like, yeah. home, you know, you, you might let it go see me hang you. But I think that whole, that, that kind of thing, but it's time to, from, like, you know, check it back before you go inside the house to make sure nobody may hang you. Um, so I think, like, even, like, in that, in, like, yeah. little cultural things are a way of, like, um, you know, keeping you, you know, telling you to stay away your surroundings or whatever, especially late at night. But um, going back to the whole, the whole crime thing, I feel like even if you make measures to try to prevent it, if you're not really getting to the the source of the crime, you're gonna need to do so much. And um, mm-hmm. the whole like, influx of yeah, guns, or drugs, and those different things. Obviously, they come from somewhere, and. You know, like this might be a stretch, yeah. but I don't think it's crazy to say that the the source <laughs> might be very similar to the um, to other countries that trained out Jamaica. And I can't remember, but I think I was there was an article I read talking about how um, the same South American countries, the crime because crime in there has been. I know we all watch Narcos something, and you know it's a good show, but obviously it's real. So I feel like, you know, the crime in those countries, yeah, the rates were high for a while, and Jamaica's crime rate really increased around the, I think the, it was like, social economic depression, they had a, you know, the economy went down, and that kind of caused that kind of thing, so the same, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, but, um, so, you know, like, even yeah. if you say, yeah, our, our economy has to get back to a certain level, like, if we have crime, obviously, but this is a very much tourism dependent so it has only really hurt the potential growth of the economy because if it's not a safe place 
Yeah. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but this is very safe. And obviously, creme is anywhere around the world. Um, it's just, you know, back to the perceived norm of yeah. when you were younger, it was like these things were very much rarity. And even if it's still rare, the if something increasing in, in occurrence, you don't want that to be like continue because at a certain point, you can hit a, exactly. You can hit a ceiling where it's like this is a real, real, real dire problem. So, I, I just think that's interesting. Mm. And it's yeah, human yeah, lives it's that we're talking about, yeah. right? That's frightening. It's so frightening. Mm. And it was. I think it was the first year that we moved up here. So it, it probably wasn't twenty seventeen. It was probably twenty eighteen. And like for some reason, Barbados just had this odd like yeah. spike. For, yeah and it was like one thing after the next after the next mm-hmm. and it was making me upset because I'm up here okay I'm up here with family but my immediate family is back there hello my granny like, my my cousins hello. everyone watch yourself like it was <laughs> irritating me it was irritating me because it was small things like somebody went to the ACM at night the woman probably withdrawing like $50 I mean, and you yeah. come at huh. hello like it was stuff that seemed so irrelevant in my mind or so minuscule mm-hmm. and i was like really this is this is what we're coming to it seemed like such desperate measures yeah it's mind-boggling I, I don't know if you guys saw the video of the the two guys that well robbed the tourists there was a video where they, they went into the tourists mm-hmm. uh their villa their apartment um to me, that was that was the most heartbreaking story, or whatever you want to call it. From in yeah. terms of Barbados, like uh, because just you could tell that the the people who were mm-hmm. obviously the robbers, they were scared, you know, like they were mm-hmm. shaking, and it was like they didn't even want to do it, but yeah. they convinced themselves that mm-hmm. this is what they needed to do, and mm-hmm. they shot the guy, and obviously the guy passed away. And I mean, it, it doesn't look good, as as Neil was saying, in terms of tourism. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good for our our our, our t- tourism product, right? No. And and it's just an all around bad situation. And Neil said, you know, made a great point. You know, like nothing is gonna change unless you address the source. Mm-hmm. So we gotta start thinking about well, mm-hmm. what's the source of these problems? Right. Obviously, the the economic situation is one source, but then you also have to look into other things like, or or is the education system, you know, providing the yeah, best opportunities the for the children, you know? It is. We have yeah, that. So, so you, you have you have that discussion <laughs> uh, all the time. You done? You go. Yeah, I'm finished. We we have it as a point though here about neil wrote this about conflict resolution skills you said about the education system when i think about like the things that are probably weaker and are leading people to live these kind of lifestyles and be dependent because as you said christian like the people that did that were shaking who in their right mind like even if you're so confident you live in this life every goddamn day who in like something in your conscience has to be telling you this is not right or this is not the life I want for myself so nobody really wants to be living this life at the end of the day and obviously the economy is not serving to help that Um, as you said it could be the education system I also think about people's households and like 
family life and what they have going on when they close that door at home Uh if they have a home but coming from an education system standpoint we talked about this that we are moving out here we are very privileged to have gotten our education in Barbados seeing how the education system Mm -hmm. at a secondary level is up here um, from knowing people that are in high school Mm -hmm. up here but conflict resolution skills I don't know. That I don't doesn't know exist in, like, in, in the small country of Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't... Like, it's not something that should be taught in school. Like, mm-hmm. are your parents supposed to be Literally teaching something. you stuff like this? Like, Definitely. I, something's missing, I like, but I, I, I don't like know what's in missing. Canada, like, Tell me what's missing. <laughs> when I first moved out here. Like, they're very great at expressing it. People in Canadians are very great. Like, instead of just letting it be brought up or not being sure to express it like they're very much more open as people in terms of you know if you have a problem they talk it out a lot more so I think and I'm not sure where exactly but somewhere mm-hmm. in there like you know they're either be in nature or nurture from home or in schools like that kind of ability is really grown within them so it's like where where is that missing mm-hmm. in Barbados because I feel like a lot of the little incidents you hear about, like somebody got stabbed, and then about to stab the person like, a couple of days later, like where along the line could conflict resolution skills have helped? Because if you had talked to it out, you had to resort to violence. Probably not, because it was like, over like a pair of shoes, a girl, some money, five hundred dollars worth of life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <Nonsense>. and <laughs> and I feel like all of us probably have exposure to this just from like going to public secondary schools and like seeing <laughs> things that people fight over definitely madness it's a wild world <laughs> and it <laughs> and we can sit on and laugh about this now because we probably never <laughs> engaged in anything like that we probably just sit on these sidelines uh, and wondering okay what's going on there but yeah I don't I really I don't know how they would introduce that in the educational system because I think if you're sending your child to school mm-hmm. and telling your child and the school is telling your child it goes A, B, C and then your child goes home and you telling your child it actually goes C, B, A mm-hmm. there's a conflict and at least for me I feel like I am more open to listening to what my parents or what mm-hmm. whoever in my house is telling me than what somebody at school is telling me to learn or this is the way of life so from that perspective i figure it should be easier to learn that kind of stuff from your from within a household setting but i don't know we know there are generational gaps and (laughs) certain things that the older folks just Mm. (laughs) just don't get and that could cause problems. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I, um, so when I was in primary school, there was a student who was, he was from a less privileged family, so we used to try to help him out where we can at home. And I won't get into details or whatever, but, you know, we help him out, you know, with different things that he might need, you know, if he's not getting from home. So, did that for a couple years and then all of a sudden wait no she had like literally she she right now i think she has more than 10 children 
um, and she never I don't think she followed through with school so she was not I don't think she was educated past uh, or throughout secondary school I think she probably stopped in middle secondary school she's not very old either she's probably in, in her 40s so I feel as though like well, no, I know he never had like those sort of foundations at home where it's like, you know, he going to his mom. She she used to abuse him. So like, it was never like a loving family or, you know, very supportive. So after a certain point in time, he ran away. Because she, his mom moved. So she was just, she removed herself and him from the situation of getting help from us or whatever. So his mom moved away, you know, and eventually he ran away, came back to in contact with us he was getting a little help again and because of the situation at home he had to he instead of staying with her he went to somewhere else to stay and as he got older that like he was like, i think 16 17 we all of a sudden we started hearing that he was engaged in you know a lot of questionable activities and mm-hmm. you know in that sort of situation it's clear to see that the household is kind of will let him down or will really didn't give him that support and um it's hard to say okay because even if i think the education system in Barbados is very is very very good all around but how how is the educational system supposed to accommodate obviously you know there might be other facilities that can help but by the time they might be able to help it's too late because you kind of already said well what else i got for me to do uh yeah. so i think it's very hard because everyone has their own situations and circumstances, but it is in a situation like that. I don't know. Well, it's hard. To, it's easy. To, it's easy to look back and say, okay, maybe if this had changed or if this was different. But in the moment, like, how could you help that person more? Because the the cards were against him from the start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's that's it's that's rough. that's a story that is many people's stories. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. So, again, it, it comes back to, as you said, you don't know what you could have done to help him. You know, maybe some government policy, something within the education system, maybe some psychological help, some therapy. Um, and in Barbados, to be honest, we don't have those types of, like, mechanisms. Facilities. No, we don't. No, we don't. Resources available at all.